The Greek philosopher Epicurus said, It is possible to provide security against other ills, but as far as death is concerned, we men live in a city without walls. Welcome to the Soul Podcast. I'm Stacy Wheeler. Death is a transient among us. From time to time it visits, taking someone we know as it passes through. The vacancies left are reminders that our time will come also. There's a lingering anxiety inside all of us. Maybe it's because we can't be sure what's on the other side. Maybe it's because we've been told terrible things could be waiting for us. Maybe it's the knowing that our life can end suddenly and without warning. The unknown is the worst, isn't it? And many people go to their death fearful, even panicked. But it seems most, when their time comes, lean quietly into that farewell. It has left me in awe, witnessing a loved one pass with grace. Epicurus stated a fact 3,000 years ago, which remains true. When it comes to death, we all live in a city without protective walls. We're all equally vulnerable, and we know the inevitable will come. But I'd argue Epicurus was cynical. I wonder how he'd feel about the topic of death if he had come back from an NDE. We've seen in the past few episodes that this experience changes people. One of the more profound changes is loss of fear of death. What a gift that would be, to wake up tomorrow and have no fear of death, not even the slightest bit. And even more, to know that when it comes, you will welcome the new adventure. This is the final episode in the NDE series. In this series, we looked at centuries of evidence around NDEs. We saw that there are 15 commonalities when people talked about their NDEs. We saw that NDEs seem to be a universal thing, which crosses all cultures and has the same after effects. We also looked at those after effects. It is my opinion that the evidence of NDEs is compelling enough that I must reject that it's a hoax being perpetrated by thousands of people. It's just not plausible. And I found no one in medicine who even suggests that it's a hoax. The debate is centered only around what exactly NDEs are, not whether they happen. Diving back in, there's something in the NDE that's been called the life review, and this is where we find good evidence of the soul. Many people report that during the life review, they're asked a question or two by a kind being, referred to as anything from a being of light to a Jesus figure or other religious figure. To be clear, not all people who have an NDE report that they, they have a life review. Many do, and others don't. One thing I find especially interesting is the questions that people say they were asked. You think if this were a hallucination or something people were making up, there would be a great variety of questions people might mention in their life review. But the questions people report have been strangely consistent. Isn't that interesting? Here are some of the usual questions that people report being asked. See if you notice something about these. How much did you love during your life? Did you love others as you are being loved now, totally unconditionally? How much love did you give others? How much love did you receive from others? What did you do with this precious gift of life? Do you see a common thread? Love. Love. There was a question there that wasn't specifically about love. What did you do with this precious gift of life? There are variations of this question people have reported and several variations to the love questions, but people, more often than not, are asked about love in their life review. It's all about love. 
Isn't it noteworthy that of the millions of cases of NDEs, so many of these stories are similar? We'll only linger for a moment on what those who deny NDEs have to say. If you want to read about that, there's plenty online. You can find it. So I'll just cover a few things. Naturally, of course, we would look for medical explanations for NDEs, as I said earlier. Humans love to solve mysteries, so we look for evidence. And some theorists have speculated that NDEs, well, they're just simply loss of oxygen to the brain, and that causes hallucinations. Others suggest it's caused by the body releasing DMT, dimethyltryptamine, from the pineal gland before and during death. There's much argument about whether that happens and if it would be enough to create the details so many have reported. Unfortunately, it's pretty impossible to measure the exact amount of DMT being released by the pineal gland at the moment of death without a tremendous amount of preparation and a very invasive procedure. So it may be that we can never prove whether this is the case. It's just a hypothesis. But assuming either of these suggestions were true, that leaves me with questions that are hard to answer. What would account for so many people having such similar experiences, and especially the lack of variety in the life review questions? And why are so many people who report a life review consistently asked about love? Why would lack of oxygen make those with an NDE hallucinate questions about love? And if these experiences are lack of oxygen or release of DMT, why would either of those factors lead to such a small scope of possible hallucination when a mind could potentially hallucinate anything at all? The consistency of the experience is something I find to be especially good evidence that NDEs are truly mystical experiences, something that gives us a glimpse of what's on the other side of the veil between life and death. So getting back to the title of the episode, do near-death experiences offer evidence of the soul? For me, the answer is yes. It does provide more evidence. Here's why. When removed from the body, another part of us, some call it consciousness, seems to continue with an adventure outside of the body. It's not possible for us to know what happens to those that don't return to the body. We can only speculate. But most people who have an NDE consider it a life-changing moment. And that should be an indication of the power of the experience. You know, I find it so interesting, the stories that I've heard from people while doing this. And I think to myself, what's that going to be like in the moment when I die? If I'm having these experiences, say they are a hallucination, I don't know. But if suddenly I'm having such an, an amazing experience that if I were to survive it, it would massively alter my life, which most of these people say it does. If it's that powerful when we come back, how powerful is it when we don't? Time will tell. We shouldn't assume that because something is unexplainable to us, though, that it's not explainable at all. Remember, everything we've ever proven scientifically was once a mystery. And you know, many people who are skeptical about NDEs think that it's not legitimate. Well, this is probably worth mentioning. You might be surprised to know that the United States National Institute of Health, the NIH, published an article in 2014 where they laid out all the evidence that's been brought forward, primarily thousands of first-person accounts. The article concluded with this statement. Mind you, this is from the U.S. government. These findings suggest that for the majority of us who have not personally experienced an NDE, we should be very cautious about labeling NDEs as unreal. 
given that such a high percentage of indie ears consider their experiences to be definitely real. It would be reasonable to accept their assessment of the reality of their personal experiences unless there is good evidence that their experiences were not real. Basically, the U.S. government spokesperson said that NDEs are more likely real than not, or at the very least, should be accepted and not denied. Interesting. So, legitimacy is starting to grow. As I said, the argument isn't whether NDEs exist. The argument is only, what are they? Do you remember the two trillion galaxies in the visible universe I told you about? Well, there are many things that we still don't understand. There's plenty more to learn about NDEs. Why do so many people have such similar experiences with the same sorts of details? And the love question. The love question. Dr. Evan Alexander, a survivor of an NDE who we talked about in this series, also found that love seems to be at the center of our existence here. This is what he wrote in his book, Proof of Heaven. Love is, without a doubt, the basis of everything. Not some abstract, hard-to-fathom kind of love, but the day-to-day -day kind that everyone knows. The kind of love we feel when we look at our spouse or our children or even our animals. In its purest and most powerful form, this love is not jealous or selfish, but unconditional. Eminem Alexander was left stunned with clarity about the concept of love in our lives. Anita Morjani is the author of the bestseller, Dying to Be Me, and she came back from an NDE. What she learned on her journey was also about love. She said in returning that her message to the world is, love yourself fully. That's what you're here to do. Jane Thompson had an NDE in 2008. Like so many others, she came back understanding there's no reason to fear death. And she also had a lot to say about love. When I was out of my body during my NDE, I was stripped of ego. I was stripped of the limitations of my brain. I was stripped of the limitations of my body. And the light that I was in didn't have any of those limitations either. And so there was enough room for this complete, deep, unconditional, pure love. I had this realization that that is me also, that I am that love, that we human beings, we are that love. Every soul is that love because we are one with that light as well. It's just when we come into our bodies and onto planet Earth, we get what's perceived as a separation, but the separation, it's just an illusion. And so as I was soaking up that love, I realized that that's also who I am too, and that I'm always one with that, that that light and that love had always been with me. The life review and the love question. It's interesting that this would be the question so frequently asked. What if our entire reason for being here in these bodies is to learn what love is, to learn all the nuances of love? How beautiful. What if we lived all our lives as if that's why we're here? Can you imagine a world where we're all focused on better understanding love? How beautiful that might be. Remember the quote from Einstein a few episodes back? That which is impenetrable to us really exists. Behind the secrets of nature remains something subtle, intangible, and inexplicable. Einstein understood 
There is much we don't understand and may not be able to explain. He called it the secrets of nature. Maybe that's all we're talking about. Secrets of nature. There's so much we can't understand in nature. But does that make it not real? Less true? If we were to disregard everything we don't understand or can't explain, we'd have to disregard most of the natural world. We don't, of course. Science instead tries to quantify it, to measure it, to explain it. But there's much we don't understand. Thankfully, we have researchers like Moody and Grayson, and many universities refusing to disregard the unexplainable. With each new bit of research, the picture becomes more clear. We might never fully understand NDEs, but it's clear they represent something beautiful in the natural world. Perhaps it's nature's way of helping us experience a softer death. Maybe that's all it is. But that love question in the life review, what's that all about? I won't argue that near-death experiences are scientific proof of the existence of life after death, or proof of the soul. Again, we're looking at the difference between proof and evidence here. And there's a line between proof and evidence. Though, I'd accept that many people who've had an NDE will argue that the experience was so life-altering to them that it was proof. For me, NDEs are compelling evidence that the soul exists, and there is something more after this life. It may be that it is so far from our ability to understand it that we probably won't know the answer for certain until the moment we leave the body. And I believe that's a good thing. Imagine being handed a gift, and you already know what's inside the wrapping paper. Of course, the experience of opening that gift wouldn't be nearly as special. It's the surprise that amazes you. The surprise is what makes it special. This NDE journey is coming to an end now. And I have one last thing to share. In researching this episode series, I found one of the most compelling arguments for the existence of the afterlife and the existence of the soul. This came from conversations with those who've had an NDE. When I speak with someone who has been there and back, I can feel their sincerity. I can feel their spirit. And I, I realize that sounds odd, but I swear it's true. Those I've met have a sincerity that is uncommon. Their ego is reduced, their spirit is elevated. They don't spend time on shallow topics or gossip. They're approachable and beautiful. They're alive and they're full of love. And yes, I believe this is the most compelling evidence, but I can't truly share it here. You must experience it for yourself, so let me challenge you. Give it a shot. Post a message on social media or send an email to everyone you know. Ask your friend group if any of them has had an NDE. We know what the stats say, right? We've covered that. At least one in every 20 has had an NDE. So you've got a really good chance of a response. And you may find that it was someone you already know who's never talked about it with you. And you'll instantly see what I mean. This person is different in a way. There's a special beauty to them. You had always seen it. You just hadn't equated it to the possibility of an NDE. But there it is. And it all makes sense. Go ahead. Try it. You might be amazed. Epicurus wanted to disprove the existence of an afterlife to give people peace of mind. Yet the greatest peace of mind I found was when I let go of the religious teachings about hell and accepted that I'm a soul. I know I will live on in another form. Most of my life I feared death, but not now. 
not after my soul reunion. I'd argue that every NDE is a soul reunion. The greatest philosophers throughout history have struggled to make sense of this thing we call the soul, consciousness, or the spirit. Why do we debate something we've always seemed to know is there? Why do we have to name it, measure it, prove it, or disprove it? Isn't the deep knowing that we're a soul on a human journey enough? The great philosophers try to make sense of our place in this world. Imagine a world where we all knew we were a soul and understood we're all connected as a spoonful of the same ocean, a flame from the same sun. What a kind and peaceful world that might be. Thank you for listening to the Soul Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, learned something new, or were just entertained, please tell your friends about the show. This is the best way for people to find the show. Check the show notes for links to supporting information, as well as any books or other reading material related to this episode.